0: Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I'm your host and coach, Tyler Johnson. If you are a return listener, we would love your ratings and reviews. And whether you've tuned in today to elevate your mindset, your game, or just your day, you are in the right place. My guest this episode is the host of the 90% Mental Podcast, the author of the Next One Up Mindset book. He's also a consultant, a coach and keynote speaker. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, Grant Parr.
1: How are you doing today? And I'm doing great, man. I'm uh, getting the morning going, starting with you, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this, man. Excellent, as am
0: I. First off, what got you into the field of mental performance? How did you evolve into being a coach working with top companies, NBA superstars, and, and what was your path to kind of get there? You know, it, it
1: started from, uh, from a career-ending injury, actually. It took me about two decades to kind of get through that injury and then it led me to get into to mental performance and going back to school to getting my master's in uh, sports psychology. But th- there was a moment where I was driving between sales calls when I was you know, finally ready to like kind of redefine Grant and I was listening to Desmond Howard on ESPN talking about sports psychologists and I was like, what is that? And so I went home and did tons of research and then uh, realized like it's a real thing. And uh, and within two months, I was at JFK University, uh, enrolled in sports psychology for my master's. And then here I am. Rock on.
0: You mentioned uh, that kind of injury, which kind of leads into the next question. You're an athlete, you're a football player. And another career was kind of cut short due to injury. Can you talk a little bit more about what that process is, and and just so many student athletes end up battling injuries at some point, and yeah. it it really is a, a test to sometimes or an open door to to learn more about the mental game. Can you talk about the process for you?
1: Yeah, you know, I'll give you the cliff notes because it's uh you know it's man it was like two decades I had to deal with that injury, and it was um, I hurt my my left hip in junior college. Um, I was playing football for Chabot Junior College in Hayward, and California, and um, and I played through it, and I played through it the following year at Sonoma State, and then you know after 13 years of football, my body was just breaking down. Um, not only was my hip um, affected, my my right shoulder, you know, after playing all those years of baseball and football and you know throwing, I mean, I was a quarterback, so it just got to a point. My last year, I was like, I, I made I made that call to quit and to move on, but I really didn't do that. My body did. And so, and that was what got me really, really frustrated for 17, 18 years, because I didn't have a chance to walk away from the sport I love. Like it, someone else made a decision that was my body. And so I was frustrated and I didn't do any emotional internal work until after my second surgery, um, before my second surgery. So I was about 35 when that happened, or actually, no, I was 37. Okay. So, that was when uh, it took me that long to to get the lessons and to let go of all that baggage, and um, and that transition, like transition, is a real thing. In everybody that plays a sport, you're going to transition. You're going to like it doesn't matter. You're going to transition out of that sport. And if you play it for a long time, and if you don't do the right things, that transition sucks. So, um, so there's a lesson of transition. There's a lesson of um, doing emotional work. And when you're hurt, I don't care if you're hurt for a season, you're hurt for a career ending um, injury, you have emotional wounds. You just do. Yeah, You're human. So yep. it's about taking care of those emotional wounds.
0: Some of those wounds, I, I know from my own experience, you start to ask yourself questions. Maybe you didn't when you were healthy. <laughs> right. Um, it, thoughts maybe sometimes fall into different categories and maybe you question yourself more than you did as a, as a confident athlete. Can you talk about maybe just some simple mental skills athletes facing kind of maybe a, a first injury that's keeping them away from, from their sport, their teammates, sometimes isolated in a, a training room and away from those people. But can you talk a little bit about those dynamics and, and how mental skills can kind of help us work through some of those challenges?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there's a few things that happen um, that happens when you're when you're injured. I think you you have to accept it because if you actually if you're in denial and you're pushing away this injury, you have to accept it, um, that you are you are hurt. But you got to trust it, too. You got to trust your work and you got to trust that things are going to uh, come back. And and I also think when you're especially when you're injured and you're by yourself and you're away from the team or you're doing your work by yourself, Um, a lot of things can happen. A lot of traffic happens between your two ears. And so there's a lot of things that I can, I can dive deep into, but I think just on the surface level, just for your listeners, just know that you are not your thoughts Mm. because you're not, um, you can, you can't control your thoughts, but you can control how you respond to them. And that's the key part. So responding to that negativity or whatever those feelings are coming up when you're injured. Um, so that, that's really, that helped me and that helps my clients. But I would also say like, if there's a technique that's going to help you uh, get confidence, because that's like, that's what we're dealing with more injured. We yeah. want to make sure that our body, that we feel confident with our body. We feel confident with our emotions and our mind and everything's aligned. So that when we're playing our sport, we don't have to think about that injury anymore. So visualization is like, to me, it's one of the best um, skills to, to start seeing yourself being powerful, being smooth, being confident, and seeing yourself doing these things uh, so you don't have to think about that injury. And also seeing, like watching highlight film. Highlight film from when you were dominating. like yeah. So you can start seeing your body being confident again.
0: Yeah, I like the, uh, you know, don't forget what you're capable of when you see those highlights, right? Exactly, And uh, exactly. Is there a mental skill, currently that you just enjoy teaching one right now or that jumps out maybe it's uh, what is it for you that you
1: feel right now like i just love helping people understand and put this into their lives yeah man that's a good question because there's a few of them um but i think the one that i love the most and and actually i learned it from our friend Graham betchard um and he might have shared this uh, with you on on your show when he was on before but it's called an MVP. So meditation, visualization, and powerful self-talk. And so there's so many different ways to meditate, but this this actually, you're taking three skills and you're combining them in one. And these are the skills that you can control. Like, so getting back into control, you're controlling your meditation, you're controlling your visualization, you're controlling your your self-talk. So it's basically a skill where I get you in a meditative state I work your energy down or up, and then I start having you seeing your success, seeing what you want to do, and and we have a discussion before we get into the MVP of sure. what you want to achieve in in this session, and then I start throwing words I want you to say. And when I say that, I want you to like literally mentally say uh these these powerful affirmations and then i work down your energy or work it up and then i bring you out of it but that whole mvp gets you really locked in gets you seeing what you want to do and then hearing that language which is, is it's crucial yeah. so that that's my one of my favorites love it love it um on kind of a
0: alternative side what mental skill do you see athletes most
1: often overlooking so there's a few, but, sure. you know, it's really interesting. I'll give you some backstory. When I first got into this profession, I was always, I was always preaching that the basis of this work of mental skills training and mindfulness training is, is breath. And, and it is, don't get me wrong, but what, what fuels breath? Your energy. So I think more often than not, like even when I was in school learning sports psychology, like we weren't talking about energy management. Um, we we might've scratched the surface, but we were, we, there was no protocol. There was no framework. And so I think that's one thing that we don't really work with is because just picture yourself playing your sport with no energy. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So, right. So I think for me, it's, it's, really getting like that energy, understanding the energy you you do have, not the energy you don't have. And then what are the things you can do to enhance your energy? Because maybe your energy is good. You don't need to do anything with it. But there are things you can do in the moment to take you from, you know, I I like to have a scale to one to five, one's low, five's high. So if you're like a three, what can you do to get to a four right before you perform? Yeah. Right. Or if you're a five and you're you're rocking too high, but you need to come down, you need downshift, what are some of the things you can do? So I think um, energy management is is a is a topic, an area, a skill that we probably need to focus a little bit more on.
0: Yeah, I I'm always love it, fascinated by it. Working with football players a lot. There's positions that seem to sometimes require different energies. Whether you're yes. a quarterback, kicker, middle linebacker, D tackle, it, it's and I think that's where breathing can all help everybody in their own positions. But there is an energy demand. Uh, sometimes that is, is, you know, where's my body, where's my mind, what do I need to do? So I love that focus of, of kind of the energy versus some of these other things that brings a little more tangibility to, like you said, imagine yourself playing with no energy. Yeah, exactly. I I already don't want to do it again.
1: (laughs) And if you, if you think about it, if you throw another thing that I think we, I think we're as a society, we're, we're kind of talking more about, uh, vulnerability and, and the power and the research behind it. But I think we don't talk about it enough, especially when you think about the game of football. Um, Cause it's really interesting when you think about vulnerability, we think about our emotions and our feelings, right? And our communication, totally get it. But also there's another side of, of, of vulnerability with our performance showing up. Like when, maybe when you haven't been, like maybe you've had, you've blown three assignments in a row. How are you gonna be on the fourth play? Are you, are you gonna really show up or are you gonna get inside your head and play it safe? So that there's, there's a few different sides of vulnerability. So I think that's another, that's another area that we could probably address.
0: No doubt. I'm a, uh, it opens the door to a lot of lessons. I think just being vulnerable. Oh yeah. Uh, and For sure. T- me leads to credibility and authentic authenticity, not quickly, but <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, exactly. But as coaches and teammates um, yeah, there's a lot we can learn and grow from there. Uh, speaking of teammates, How can teams create trusting, cohesive environments? We talked about different energies. We've got different personalities, different people. What are some kind of common denominators you find in in building trusting environments in teams?
1: You know, there's there's so many different ways to achieve this. Um, The one that, and we'll go back to energy, because when you think about energy, like we're all made out of energy. And so when we play a sport, especially a team sport, um, we're, we need to connect. So the more we're connected, uh, emotionally, um, spiritually, physically, uh, from language perspective, then the the whole program itself is is more connected. And so, so how do we actually get more cohesive with energy? Well. You know, when you think about the 1950s uh, Boston Celtics and the 1980s and 90s Lakers, they actually did research and they found out that one of the reasons why they had such a legacy is because they touched each other, meaning high-fiving, arms around each other. And that was like not only in games, that was in practice, that was off the court. So there was constant touching. So when you think about that, like not in a weird way, but in a way of of being – being a human and being authentic touching someone you're allowing your energy and their energy to connect yeah so if you really want to trust somebody man just start touching them or high-fiving or like get close to them like bump, bump shoulders whatever it is but not only do that but start your practices and your games where everyone is touching or or connecting their breath like connecting that energy doing something that, that they're constantly connecting with their energy because there's going to be a time where they need to count on that energy. So that cohesiveness is going to be really tight. It's yeah. going to be really strong. I like that start together, end together.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, I, yeah, I, like, I like the force that that creates. Um, For sure. We mentioned Graham, a mutual mutual friend we know. Um, I shared uh, after his episode some of the music that you guys put out and some yeah. of this MVP, um, <laughs> you know, philosophy. And if you want to hear some of that, I think it's, Graham's on episode 45 and some of the music and stuff. I think there's about 20 minutes of it in episode 46. Um, Talk a little bit more about why you guys kind of did that. It's different than sitting on a pillow in a quiet room with candles, which a lot of people might envision when you talk about meditation and and things. Um, But I've, you know, shared it with an athlete or two. I've put it on in the gym when I just have, you know, hey, I need something to go. That's this morning. Talk a little bit more maybe about why the music, why the process, and kind of maybe what you're seeing your athletes uh, take from it.
1: Yeah. So it's it's actually really exciting right now. You know, when you do new projects, you know, yeah. there's the energy behind it. It's all new and shiny and everything's, you know, everything's awesome right now. Um, but, you know, working with Graham, Graham, Graham is not only my mentor, but he's a great friend and... Um, and so we, for months we would do these like monthly check-ins and, you know, I've been working with him or working under him for about five or six years and he had no clue I had this musical background. Like, so when I left the game of football, like I had to do something with my energy. So I I taught myself playing guitar and bass and piano and sing a little bit. So I was, um, I was getting into music and then I got away from music to get into, to sports psych. So I started really dedicating my life to this work. And so I just kind of pulled away from the music, but with the pandemic, I had a little more time on my hands. So I started connecting, you know, as you can see my bass behind me, I I started playing that a lot more. And I'm like, wow, I like this is, and the bass was cool because it's four strings. So I'm like, I want to simplify my life. I don't want to like spend all my time on a guitar with six strings. So, so I started just playing around with music more and uh, him and I had a call and and I started telling him like, man, like my creativity is like back. And not only do I feel like my creativity is, is being exercised. I can feel, I'm feeling different with my clients. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm thinking differently because I'm I'm tapping into this energy of being creative. And um, so he was like, Whoa, man, I had no clue. And I knew he did an album a couple of years before our conversation. So he's like, Hey man, let's do something. And so then it was just really like interesting, man. If, if anybody knows Graham, his energy is just, is just on fire. And, we spent one day in his garage working on some beats and then he literally like, we spent two hours mapping out four albums with a concept. And it was like, when, he, when he started going there, I was like, I think we got something. And then I'd been going to his house for the last year, twice a week and just making songs. And it's just been a really cool thing because it's not, it's not just about writing music, meditation, music, motivational music. I'm learning, because I'm seeing firsthand one of the best in the business, make up these motivational meditation uh, scripts on the go. He doesn't write anything out. Yeah. He just makes it up as he goes. But we have our, our process, as you were asking earlier, our process is actually, we, we think of a theme, like a title of the song, and then we talk about all these, like, what does it mean? What does it mean to uh, to be devoted? Like So we have a song called Devotion. So we start talking about like key words and emotions and what comes up and how does devotion help you, you know, Excel in life. And so we have this brainstorming We hit the ball back and forth. And then he like, once we, he feels enough that he can play within his head, he goes, all right, go, let's go. And he get like, you can tell. And right when he says go, we do a quick little like spiritual prayer of just like bringing in all the energy for him to like, let it go. And I just push record and I just sit back and I go through the meditation with him. As he's going so it's pretty cool and then um so that we just been working that process for the last year and and we're getting a lot of great a lot of great feedback a lot of athletes are loving it a lot of corporate athletes are loving it and uh and it's so cool that we just finished our first album which is called reflect so it's all about reflecting and being introspective and learning about yourself from the inside out Now it's about taking all that information that you reflect from and then responding. So now we have the next album is going to be like, it's more of like an upbeat, motivational kind of war music. Like when you're going to go to battle. Exactly. So, so that's our next album is respond. Nice. Well, we will,
0: have uh some links connected to the podcast for Grant's website as well as some of the music and things that you can find that they've got out. One of the questions we love to ask our guests, a lot of different answers, but always insightful. How do you define success? Oh man, I love
1: this I really love this blur because like you and I both know what success is, but we all have a different meaning of it. We all do, right? Yeah. So I think um, for me, it is using, it's it's patience and and energy. Uh, I I think when when you are are patient with the process and you're using your energy effectively um, and being present, like those three things, being patient and being present to me is kind of the same thing. So being present with your energy, man, like, have you ever been successful at something when you've had no energy and you're not present to it? No, so to me, it's just being present and, and, and utilizing the energy that you have.